Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Welcome back, everybody, to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Yes, we are back for season four, and this is episode number 74. Uh, we're doing the episodes Water War and Gungan Attack today. Of course, my name is Matt the Crankster Cranky. Thanks for joining us. And, of course, your creator, founder, he's, he's everything, man. He's the producer of the original Clone Wars animated series podcast yes that's right the original it's michael cohen what's up my friend what's happening hey how's it going uh yeah we're we're back for our 74th episode we're one away from 75 which yes. means we're 26 away from 100 which is ridiculous uh so we should be hitting 100 by the time we get to uh the summer next year that's kind of kind of crazy um yeah, probably getting yeah. hitting 100 right around the same time that the clone wars We'll be getting ready to. Well, I guess in their fifth season they'll hit 100. Yeah. So we're just a little bit ahead of them. Just. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, our our uh, the the premiere, the one and only, the original. Well, we're not the one and only, but the original really? Clone Wars podcast. Yes. Uh, Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, officially not sponsored by Amazon.ca. <laughs> We'll get into that in a second. Well, it, should we just do that now? Yeah, let's jump we, in. Hey, you know what? We got so much to cover today, and we're going to run through some news. So uh, let's do that right now. Welcome. I have been expecting you. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. <laughs> Alrighty then, we're kicking it off with some lofty neck. But you know what, Mike? You were just talking about uh, Amazon, and I think I know what you're talking about. You, you <laughs> texted me earlier today, and you were a little upset because you haven't got your Blu-rays yet. And I wanted to talk just a little bit about our just just a little, just a little bit peeved, yeah. <laughs> and you don't yeah, even have them yet. This is no. ridiculous. What is no, so on? as of this recording, it is Tuesday, September twentieth, where I. I guess if you count the number, like by the numbers, we're four days after. But really, it's five days after because they should have shown up on Friday because uh, the 16th does count as a release day. So uh, it's like it's 530 on the 20th, and uh, and I got nothing. 
So uh, Amazon.ca, I am not too pleased at the moment. So, you know, I thought I heard this too because a few days, actually like a week before it was supposed to come out, I heard that that Amazon might be like way behind. And I was hearing like October when they were going to be shipping stuff. Now I was here in the States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I saw, like, Friday killed me because I, I saw people all over the internet, like on Tumblr and on Facebook yeah. and on Twitter, posting pictures of them with their copies of the Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. And and at least a couple of them were uh, were Amazon orders because you could see, like, they have, oh, like, an okay. Amazon box in the background or whatever. And, uh, and, and I know one of them was an Amazon order from Canada. So... It's not like okay. uh, they sent and they're not sending out anything. And, and in fact, the notification went out that they shipped it on Friday. But here we are on Tuesday night and it still hasn't shown up. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, this is, this is just kind of a, a, a bit annoying for me because what's, what's the point of pre-ordering, right? Like, yeah, they exactly. Amazon kind of hooks you and, and, you know, you get a... a uh, suggested retail price, right? Which for this one I think was like one twenty nine or one thirty nine. Like it was pretty high when when right, the, right. the 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 announcement was initially made, and uh, everybody was like, "Oh, well, that's that's kind of expensive." And then within days, Amazon had a pre order up for ninety dollars, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Oh, well, you got to do this. You got to do the the pre order through Amazon." Because it's the cheapest. Like nobody else is going to have this for ninety dollars, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, and and so like I, everybody pre-ordered it through, through uh, through Amazon. Like I know a lot of people who did, and a lot of people. Like I was one of the the last to do it through Amazon that I know of. Like everybody else had theirs. Uh, let's see, when was the announcement made? The announcement was made May fourth. So yeah, it was made on May the fourth. Um, and I know a lot of people had all of theirs like pre-ordered within days, uh, of that going, uh, live. And then like, I, I got my pre-order for my birthday from my Mm in-laws. So, uh, yeah, like I, it it wasn't my birthday is towards the end of May. So, um, I mean like everybody else went nuts and pre-ordered the crap out of it. Uh, in anticipation of it coming out and to get it for that cheap price, and uh, and I guess there's there's a lot of people out there who aren't getting their stuff on the release date, and there's a there's a little like uh, I don't know like a notification that goes like oh well you might not get this you know on the day on the release date, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I'm fine with it having shipped on Friday, but if something ships on a Friday, unless it's coming from like China or, you know, the the other side of the world, kind of expect it to show up by Monday, you know? Well, I um, was thinking that you guys were going to get it because uh, a lot of the times with Amazon, you, you get, it early. get it a day yeah. before, right? Yeah. Or, you know, maybe Thursday, like you were thinking. Um, it, happens, it happens with video games a lot where right, they'll yeah, actually, yeah. they'll beat the street date. But, but the biggest thing with these Blu-rays is that I, I don't know what the situation was like down in the States, but in Canada, Future Shop and Best Buy had it for $65 Wow! the day 
that it was released. So if like as a door crasher and they're all sold out now. Right. So even yeah. if I wanted to go out, buy it for a hundred and whatever, and then just return it, like, uh, just like trade it in essentially. Like when I get my copy from Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, next week or next month, whenever it shows up, uh, then, you know, like I can't even do that because they, they're, they're, they're not even available anywhere right now. Like you can't even, you can't even get it. So, um, because of that deal. So I don't know, like it's, it's a little bit annoying because it's a, it's an instance where an early adopter has been kind of screwed over. Like they, they've, I don't know. I don't expect Amazon to do anything about it. Right. Amazon, like I've, I've tweeted the Amazon Twitter account twice today and gotten no response the last time that they even bothered to post a tweet on their Twitter account was uh, nine days ago um, on September 11th. And uh, so, like, I haven't gotten a response. Sometimes, Like, a lot of the time, if you make a complaint about a company on Twitter and you specifically reference their Twitter account, yeah. they get back to you within, like, a couple hours and go, like, we're really sorry. Oh, yeah. What yeah. can we do to help? Like, and, and you get you get somebody going, like, I'll take a look at this or whatever, right? And, and sometimes it's just, um, you know, it's just, like, a, a courtesy thing and they're not really going to yeah. do anything, but at least they respond. Well, Am- Amazon hasn't said anything. So, like, hmm. they, like many big companies, I'm sure that they're really not concerned because you know they're making money hand over fist, so they don't care, right? They're they're going to continue to offer crummy customer service uh, at all costs because it doesn't make any difference to them. Yeah, um, yeah. The the who I hope hears about this from fans is uh, Lucasfilm, and that they like get get feedback saying you know like there's there's fans who were totally stoked. Even after all of the crap that we went over last week on the podcast, all of the changes and everything, I was still uh, stoked to to get my Blu-rays today mm-hmm. uh, or on on Friday, and uh, and then they don't show up, you know, and I'm and I'm left five days after the fact, going like, what's going on, you know? Oh, there could be something else behind this. It could be karma. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> But you, well, yeah. Uh, so you have no idea then. You're just kind of checking your mail every day. Yeah, I mean, I'm just yeah. I'm just sitting here yeah. waiting for somebody to knock on my door and be like, "Hey, here's your Blu-rays." But uh, well, you know, here in the states, um, we have a Walmart, we have Target, and a couple other stores, and pretty much you can guarantee that Walmart or Target is going to have the same price as anybody. I mean, they're going to go as low as probably any uh, online retailer. So at first I was going to order it through Amazon. I, you know what? I know I can just go to Walmart the, the day of the release and pick it up for the exact same price and get some kind of, you know what they do with uh, releases now, big releases, they'll yeah. give you, you know, some kind of uh, incentive to go get it at the store. Yeah. So I, so I got the little the lithographs. I, I can't remember how many pieces it is. I got it at Target. Um, so I got a little lithograph set, which is kind of cool. Um, but... Uh, I guess we'll talk more about that when you get a chance to go through some more stuff. And we we were going to do that anyways. Take take a podcast maybe and go through um, 
what we liked about it. But I'll just yeah. say, you know, it's it looks really good, especially the original trilogy really shines on Blu-ray. Uh, I, I watched a lot of the changes. I watched a lot of the um, special special features. They're all great. So, so so white white just just because I am dying to know. Are there any other changes other than what we already knew about? Uh, nothing like major. Uh, I haven't actually gone through every. I mean, there is so much stuff, Matt. Mike, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, I mean, just the just the Star Wars spoofs alone is like almost a two-hour uh, reel. Um, so uh, I've only gone through a couple of the bonus discs. I went through the Star Wars spoofs, but I still got that whole third bonus disc to go to. And then I popped in a couple of the movies. Just I didn't even watch the whole movies. I just went through certain scenes just to see how it looked in episode one. Looked good. Okay. Um, so I haven't actually got to everything yet. I'm still going through it. It's going to take, you know, another couple of weeks to go through everything. So, um, but we'll we'll check for some more changes, and once you get them, we'll we'll tackle it a little more. Well, uh, well, I I urge everybody who ordered through Amazon and didn't get their uh, get, didn't get their stuff on the release date to. Uh, to shoot Lucasfilm an email. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's what that's what I'm going to do. And uh, and I actually have direct contact with people at Lucasfilm. So so I get to just send it right to somebody who can <laughs> go complain to the person that matters. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully that does something in the future that when stuff like this comes out, when it's a major release. Uh, something huge, like, I, I'd love to see what the statistics are for the, you know, sales of Blu-ray players and high-definition TVs from this past weekend, where that, yeah, that, yeah. that Star Wars is specifically responsible for, because right. cause it is, right? Like, um, JC was saying a couple days beforehand that it might be time for him to finally go out and buy a nice, big, high-def TV and a Blu-ray player to... Uh, to a well, I guess he already has a PlayStation, but to get a high def TV mm-hmm. for Star Wars, like this is what he's been waiting for. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, just to look at the numbers from when it was actually released, because that was a lot of people like myself. Um, just with the same thing with DVD, I kind of waited and waited, and as soon as I found out that um, it was coming out on DVD, you know, I was yeah. like, cool, you know, and now I can jump on, uh, jump on the bagwagon. So, yeah, I bet there's quite a bit of. Shoot, I know uh, even the guys on the Forcecast. Uh, uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy um, uh, said something about he was just getting a TV, uh, a new nice big TV, um, just for this release. So uh, a lot of people are are doing like that. And you know you got to jump on the bandwagon too. Come on, brother. Well, I have a high def I have a high def TV in one room, just not in the oh, okay, living room. Okay. Okay, so on I'll be <laughs> sitting in bed watching them on high def. <laughs> okay. But I mean, like I, I, I yeah. am planning for Christmas to get a nice big uh i'm looking at a 55 inch mm-hmm. plasma so sweet outstanding uh, a couple more things uh just real quick before we jump into this uh hour-long recap uh katie lucas she tweeted out um she's going to actually be writing looks like four episodes this season mike and uh she did you know i didn't even know i knew she did the, the trilogy the night sister trilogy but i i totally blank that she did jedi crash severe of influence and assassins i didn't i didn't even remember that so um yeah she's jumping back in the writing saddle again for season four so uh everybody loved what she did with the uh night sister trilogy and uh 
Uh, and I think everybody's looking forward to uh, seeing what she does in season four as well. Um, what else we got? Oh, Saga, you were telling me this um, Saga Legends is ending. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I saw That's that. Uh, yeah, saw that online. And uh, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with that. There's, there's way too many. Like, th- there's just too much Star Wars stuff coming out. Yeah, I I would honestly rather that they put out thirty action figures a year, (laughs) and make them the best possible action figures that they could. Like thirty in the in the what is it the because it's there's saga there's vintage there's yeah there's Clone Wars Clone Wars and what's the regular line What's the regular Star Wars line Well, that's not saga. Uh, well, they have. I think that's it. As far as is that it. Okay. That's it, yeah. Um, well, like, I would just rather that they focus, right? Like, that, that you just put out, I don't know, solid stuff. Clone Wars can kind of continue doing what it's doing, because they're not even caught up to Season 3 yet, when it right, comes right. To, to action figures. Yeah, well, it should be just it should be just Clone Wars and the Vintage. The Saga line, it was it, it didn't make any sense, because you had all this, this Vintage co- stuff come out uh, on the Vintage card back, and then you have the Saga, you know, this is double... It's, doesn't make any sense i mean i had no uh desire to get any of those saga legends because the the um the vintage was out but then now here they're coming back they're replacing it with movie heroes so it's like the okay the saga legends line is ending but it sounds like it's coming right back though oh so they're just changing the name it looks like they're just changing the name so it says uh main character repacks from the movies kept in circulation for new collectors um but again you know I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna worry about this line because as long as the vintage still is still here, that's that's what that's all I need, you know. So, looks like just a rebranding type of thing. But like you said, it's just. I think it's just too much. I mean, I can't keep up with this. You know, how how do how does anybody else keep up with all this with the Clone Wars and the vintage and now these movie heroes and man, and especially a nine, you know, eight to ten bucks a, a figure. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's tough, but uh, I guess they're they're gonna keep on going. I'm sure we'll hear more about the movie hero stuff um, mm-hmm. pretty soon. I, I think that's sometime next year. So, but you know what? They're also got the uh, the new uh, you know in 2012 they're doing the, the the Darth Maul card carded things, and I'm not sure what what series that's gonna fall on. Is that gonna be another another series, or is that gonna be this movie heroes thing? I don't know. Maybe that's the movie heroes thing. I haven't really yeah checked into it so uh, <sighs> it's all just kind of i don't know <laughs> too much i don't know what they just need, i just they just need to do less stuff and make sure that the stuff that they're putting out is awesome because i remember when they used to just put out like like maybe six waves a year if that and mm. and there'd be like four or five figures in each wave right like i, I mean think back to when they restarted the power of the force line i think maybe like 30 figures came out that first year you know mm-hmm. um right and that's i they just need to focus on quality because right now they're just putting out more and more and more and more and more of the same stuff or mm-hmm. of junk that people don't want right like characters people don't want characters people already have or just more like repainted clones and I know that there's a market for that, that there's a lot of people who want that stuff, but I don't know, just do something that we haven't seen yet, you know? Like, I, I just got um, some of the new Jedi Force stuff 
I got the the Obi Wan Kenobi and uh, uh, Cody mm-hmm. set. Uh, my wife bought for me when we were on uh, we were on a road trip, uh, and and we saw them in the store. And uh, I was gonna get the Han and Chewie, but Han and Chewie come with the Millennium Falcon, and they're exactly the same. So I'm gonna wait because I want to get that Millennium Falcon because like they're they're super cheap. Like the the two packs are ten bucks. There there's like deluxe ones, like a deluxe vehicle that that's about I think twenty. And then there's a, like bigger vehicles that are thirty. And then there's the Millennium Falcon that's like fifty. So they're actually really affordable for what you get, and they're they're really cool toys. Um, and they're definitely like they're toys. They're not miniature statues like the like the Hasbro stuff has become, mm-hmm. which like they're just they're they're way too detailed and they're not playable in my opinion. Like I I wouldn't want to give those to a little kid because he's just gonna lose the lightsaber in the first fifteen minutes and you know pop the legs off and and all that yeah. sort of thing. But with these Jedi Force figures, mm-hmm. they're <laughs> durable. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of the older Jedi Force stuff, like the the original Jedi Force line, the the really big figures. They were like ten inch figures, mm-hmm. um, maybe like eight inch figures. I that like they they did pretty much everybody, and they had actual like uh, light up LED lightsabers and all that sort of thing. Like they were awesome, awesome toys. But I uh, I was the only one who thought so because nobody bought that stuff. <laughs> nobody else bought so. this Jedi Force. Now that took over. The um, the Galactic Hero Galactic Heroes line. So so these Jedi Force. Uh, it sounds like you uh, you like them. They're they're all right. Yeah, a lot of the vehicles are are actually Galactic Heroes vehicles. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but the Millennium Falcon's new, and then all of the actual figures themselves are new. They're they're more poseable than the Galactic Heroes were because Galactic Heroes were kind of just stuck. They had the hands up, and the uh, and the the legs sort of spread out. <laughs> <laughs> like in the in the wide stance and that was it like they were just kind of stuck like that yeah. with these ones they have the arms are on ball joints the wrists move and uh the legs are articulated but only like they only bend at the hip mm-hmm. and both legs are actually connected on an axle like that that runs through the the bottom of the waist so okay. you can't like move the legs independently they move they always move together but um and then the heads move but uh, but they're really they're really solid. Like they're really really solid action figures, okay. and they're just a little bit more playable than the Galactic Heroes. Galactic were, Heroes. So. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't. Sculpts too. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I haven't heard of. Uh, I haven't actually heard of anybody that's that's gotten these yet. So that's kind of been the first. You're the first one that's talked about. So that's cool. I mean, it sounds like sounds like they're they're okay stuff. Uh, anything else though before we. Uh, Am I missing anything? anything else? I don't. You know what? I don't think so. It's kind of slow. Uh, there's. Yeah. It's right. I, well, I, I'm. I'm a little bit disappointed right now with the state of Clone Wars collectibles uh, when it comes to like the higher end stuff because that when the series came out, it was like maquette after maquette after maquette. But yeah. now it's kind of I don't know. Yeah, they're jumping on a lot of the the OT stuff and and the movie stuff. Uh, especially with like Gentle Giant and um, uh, the other big one. Uh, what am I missing? The major uh, twelve-inch um, sideshow. Sideshow, yeah, sideshow. Yeah, yeah turns blank there. So uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens at Fan Days, though. I'm, I'm going to Fan Days. We'll see uh, if there's anything new that pops up. or I'm looking to pick up a couple things when I go down there to add to my 12-inch collection. I really need a Stormtrooper to go next to my uh, Darth Vader. So mm. that's number one on the list from Sideshow. Yes, Sideshow, are you listening? I need a Stormtrooper. Mm. Um, so I think that's going to do it, though. You ready to head on to the recap? Yeah, let's do it. All right. A disturbance in the Force, there is. Is it possible to learn this power? They want me to believe him to be the chosen one. Times. Up. I sense there's something here. The army has a simple counter to prove. All troops, battle stations. This isn't gonna be easy. We'll disintegrate for sure. Suck it up, shiny. I will. I will return, mother. Long have Sith empires been built upon the backs of slaves. Anakin has struggled to put his past behind him. I'll keep an eye on him. Bow down, Jedi Finn. Welcome to Death Watch. All righty then, let's kick it off. Wait, hold up one second. Just oh. before we get into the the season premiere, something happened. Uh, something something aired over the summer that we never even really talked about, and that that nobody really talked about. It just kind of happened. Uh, and uh, at the at the recommendation of Derek and Steve over on Geek Out Loud on their latest episode, uh, I watched it over this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's the Lego Star Wars Lego Padawan Menace. Oh yeah, I watched that. Um, yeah. and it was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. And and I don't like. I sort of just skipped it because previous Lego stuff has just been like it's been just that right. Like it's been like Lego cutscenes and that sort of thing. Like like in the video games, and uh, and you know the characters don't talk. Nothing really happens. It's just. Um, there's maybe a, a little joke or a pun to do with a, a scene from the classic movies, something like that. But I, I discovered listening to, to Geek Out Loud that it was actually like it was a full, like short movie uh, that had its own storyline and everything, and it even has uh, it has some some characters from uh, the star the original uh, classics that we haven't seen in the Clone Wars era yet. Uh, for the first time, so uh, it's uh, I don't I don't want to spoil that. So people got to go out, and if you haven't checked out Star Wars Lego: The Padawan Menace, it aired on on uh, Cartoon Network uh, a, a couple months ago, and it's um, it's it's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray soon. So it's uh, out already. Oh, is it out already? Yeah, okay, it came out the same day as the everything else. Oh, did it? Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. So. So if you saw that when you were out picking up your your Star Wars Blu-rays and you went, ah, I don't care, whatever, not a big deal, um, I, take another look because I'm going to go get it on DVD because I think that it's awesome and I want to promote them doing More stuff than... like that. Yeah, because yeah. it was just so great. It was yeah, so it was great. Fun. So um, with that, let's jump Let's jump back into the recap. <laughs> uh, and uh, And let's just start by saying that these episodes were pretty awesome. 
Oh, yeah. Let's uh, kick it off. You want to yeah. start it off? Yeah, sure. All right, go ahead. Tensions run high on the ocean world of Mon Calamari, where two separate peoples, the squid-like Quarren and their neighbors, the Mon Calamari, struggle to maintain a fragile coexistence. Adding to this strife, King Yos Colina of the Mon Calamari has been found mysteriously murdered, leaving his young son, Prince Lee Char, to lead his people alone. Hoping to settle the tension before it leads to war, Captain Akbar of the Mon Calamari has requested Republic aid. The Galactic Senate has dispatched Senator Padme Amidala and Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker to resolve the matter. Now uh, we have a we have a Twitter comment, and this is going to be um, this is a new thing that we're doing, and we did it last week, and we're doing it this week. So and we'll continue to. Um, so so watch our Twitter account, watch our Facebook page for the notification of when we're going to start recording, and then you guys can tweet in your comments about the episode so that you know you get Excellent. your your two cents in here as well. Um, and Pete Morrison has all he 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 like within seconds had uh, had sent us a tweet, uh, and and it's it's appropriate for the beginning here because he he says what was up with Akbar's metrosexual headgear, sweet <laughs> sweet seashell dude, uh, and I noticed that too. He had the sweet he, seashell, yeah. Like he had he had the the that helmet which is kind of yeah. similar to what he has in. I don't know if he's wearing it or if somebody else is wearing it in um, in Return of the Jedi, but uh, it's 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 a familiar looking nice Mon Cal helmet, yeah. but it's got this seashell right front and center on it, which I thought was kind. Of, I didn't it, I didn't take it kind of the way that 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 Pete did, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I did notice it. I did take notice. Yeah, that that he had that helmet. Um, and Akbar was wicked. But as yeah, wicked yeah. as Akbar was, Lee Char is such a great design. Like he takes oh, yeah. the familiar Mon Calamari, which we saw like two or three in Return of the Jedi, and we've seen them sort of in in some other stuff, like in the Gennady Tartakovsky Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the first time that we've really seen Mon Calamari that look different, like that 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 are specific characters, right? And Akbar definitely looks like Akbar. Like you recognize him as Akbar. He he looks perfect. Mm-hmm. But then you've got the the senator looks a little bit different. Her face shape's kind of different. Right. And then uh, Lee Char has a completely different face from them, as well as like different different tendrils on his chin and that sort of thing. And there's just something about Lee Char's design that that I just I love it. Like it it's perfect. It's perfect Clone Wars. Um, it's it's still Star Wars, but it's reimagined. It's just got that little bit of a spin on it, like that little bit of an artistic take. And uh, and I, throughout both episodes, found myself just whenever he was on screen, just like staring at him. Yeah, right. Like yeah. even when other people, other characters are talking, and like I'm following the story, but I was just like watching him because. He just like I don't know. There was just something about that design that really kind of clicked with me, and I was like, "Wow, that is, that's where this show needs to be all the time. Like that's where every character has to be, not just the main characters, but a character who's just coming in for three episodes needs to look like that. Like he has as much visual impact for me as Cad Bane does, being you know the first time we've seen a Duro do something other than just stand around in a bar, right? So. Mm Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to get that that out there. No, I, I felt the same thing. I mean, uh, especially like you said. I mean, just the, his whole look, even like his clothes. I mean, he 
he looked like a prince, you know, yep. and, the, and the colors just popped out. I mean, I mentioned that before. Uh, and, and is this the first time that we've actually visited Mon Calamari? I believe it is, right? Uh, in the Clone besides, Wars? Besides, yeah. Besides, you know, the obvious, uh, the um, Gendy series, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was cool. Uh, but here's the thing, too, that the, uh, at least on the outset of this thing, this had nothing to do with the Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, this was just two uh, beings or inhabitants of this planet fighting over who's going to be the king. Yeah. So, so like I said, on the outset, it was had nothing to do with the Clone Wars. So that it was, was almost, yeah, it's almost more like episode one territory where yeah, these yeah. people are just being dispatched to deal with it, right? right. Just for diplomacy's sake. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'll continue here. The Quarren refused to accept the young prince as their leader and want a corn king on the throne instead. The corn chieftain, Nasor Reek, calls Prince Lee Char inexperienced and unqualified to lead. The shark-like Carcadon, Riff Tamson, an ambassador for the Separatist Alliance, stirs up the corn aggression and convinces them to leave the peace talks. Despite his verbal attacks, Nasor Reek is sympathetic to Prince Lee Char's loss, and he offers his condolences for the death of the king. Now, Mike, you just talked about uh, uh, Prince Lee Char and how, how visually striking, and you just love that character. Yeah. Um, and I might be on the minority on this one. Uh, I kind of was pulled out of it a little bit by the by uh, Rift Tamsin, the shark guy. Yeah. Um, it was almost like it was too uh, too Shark Tale for me or Disney for me or something. You know yeah, what I mean? a little bit too on the nose. Yeah, just, yeah. just a little bit. I mean, the, actually, the character kind of grew on me as the show went on the character the character himself i'm cool with but like i'm i'm with you on that that the design just lacked a little bit like Mm -hmm. like the mon calamari are very obviously like uh octopus based and then the corn very obviously have that squid face and the triangular head and all that um Mm -hmm. and there are other species that we've seen in classic star wars that are that are obviously based off of specific animals and that sort of thing like the Ewoks are teddy bears and that sort of thing um, that work. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, this is sort of the same thing as the, um, oh, I can't, his name's escaping me, but the, the general, oh, the, yeah. the, the, spider the, the spider dude, yeah, yeah, that was pretty much just like a, a big tarantula. Right. Um, exactly. And, like, yeah. I liked that design. He was really cool looking. But I think I may have said something in the episode that just a little bit more alien would have been better. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with, with Riff Tamsin, that just a little bit more alien, just yeah. just warping him a little bit more, making him look a little bit less like a dude with a shark face right. would have yeah. been nice. Like, his body type was exactly the same as a human. Mm-hmm. He just, like, the way he moved was different, right? Like, uh, him and Kit Fisto actually moved really similarly which goes to the expanded universe stuff where like the Nautilans actually um, they're, they don't have the same bone density as, as humans and and a lot of other species, their bones are a little bit closer to cartilage. Mm -hmm. So when they swim, their whole body just kind of goes, right? Like they, they just kind of like wiggle almost. And you could, and you could see that with Kit Fisto. Um, and you can see that definitely with Rift Tamsin, which is based off the fact that sh- sharks, uh, other than their jaws and their teeth, the rest of their body is all it's cartilage, cartilage yeah. right. um, which is what allows them to be so flexible and to swim the way that they do. Um, 
so like I liked those touches. I would have liked to have seen Riff be a little bit bulkier, like maybe just a little bit more on the, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, just an, on an exaggerated scale um, and not quite so humanistic. Like uh, he just, he, he looked too much like a guy with, with a mask on. And when you're, when you're doing live action, I understand that, that, that you're going to go with something like that. Cause there's things holding you back, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, when you're doing an animated series like this, there there was no reason for him to be as humanoid as he was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and that was like I said, it did kind of pull me out for a minute. Yeah. And um, what? Yeah. Either way, just you know, it's like everything else is so you know. You talked about the Mon Calamari. I mean, they're yeah. they're just different enough, and it works perfectly. And and this one just looked like it was kind of like in the middle and. And I understand what they wanted to do with this. I mean, this this is an underwater two under three. It's going to be three underwater episodes. So, um, yeah. But I don't know. This is one of those kind of things I'm lukewarm on. Um, but but a great characterization. So yeah yeah definitely definitely just a little bit different on the design. It would have been yeah been sweet. Uh, let's see. I'll continue. Anakin and Padme return with Captain Akbar to their frigate floating just above the ocean's surface. Aboard, they report to Jedi Master Yoda via hologram with news of the impending civil war. Mace Windu dispatches Republic reinforcements and orders Akbar to prepare his troops for a corn assault. So they already know that the uh, you know there's no way they're going to talk these guys out. Mm-hmm. Of it. They're going to go to war, uh, and it's obviously Dooku has got his hands and things all over this galaxy, and he'll we'll see another instance of Dooku kind of sticking his fingers in it and, and kind of stirring the pot a little bit. Yeah. And uh, a little bit, too. So uh, go ahead, Mike. A Senator Mina Tills appoints Captain Akbar as the personal protector of Prince Lee Char. The prince is to be at Akbar's side at all times. Akbar believes the prince is not ready to lead an army, but com- complies with the Senate's, uh, Senator's orders nonetheless. And this is like another one of those stories of, you know, the young... Uh, young prince or whoever it is that's forced to kind of grow up quick and learn how to be a leader. And this is cool because uh, Akbar is the one that's in charge of this. You know, he's the one that's yeah. going to be in charge of being the father figure, of being the uh, mentor uh, to make prince, uh, the prince um, kind of be kind of grow up real quick and, and be a leader. And he's yeah. going to learn that in the next three episodes here. Meanwhile, separatist aquadroids join the corn ranks. Riff Tamsin reports to Count Dooku that their army has assembled. He assures the Count that he has the complete loyalty of the Corrin leader. Dooku is pleased and promises control of the planet to Tamsin upon victory against the Republic. And this is exactly what I'm talking about here is Dooku, like he did with, like he does with everybody. You know, he promises here, you know, you do this, you get this thing going, and I'll let you have control of this planet. Uh, be it whether this episode or episodes in the past, he's always promising these guys or doing these false promises, you know, and saying you're going to be get this and that. And obviously it never works out, you know, and, and Dooku is just the ultimate uh, puppet master and playing everybody uh, and using their talents uh, to gain control for the for the separatists. So mm-hmm. uh, go ahead, Mike. Prince Lee Char tries to assure his people that the Quarren will not attack but is cut short when the Quarren assault begins. Riff Tamsin leads the charge, swimming ahead of the Quarren forces. Explosions rock the Mon Calamari city as Aquadroids and Quarren soldiers open fire. 
In this time of crisis, our king has something to say. I know many of you agree with the Quarren, that I am too young to rule. But I assure you, I will use all my strength and all my abilities to lead us through this challenge. We are a great people, and I will do all I can to negotiate peace without bloodshed. I do not believe the Quarren will attack. So, Prince, you're 0 for 1. Uh, you were wrong on that one. <laughs> uh, they're not going to attack. Oh, never mind. Here they come. Hey, did you hear uh, Did you hear Akbar? It's an attack. <laughs> yeah. People, there were people commenting and going like, yeah. oh, there's yeah. no, there was, it's a trap line. And I'm going like, well, first of all, <laughs> we're not done. There's still one more episode yeah, oh, yeah. left with Akbar yeah. in it. So, um, if it were me, I would be saving that for the last episode as well. But he does right off the bat, and I feel like they just kind of get it out of the way. He does go, it's an attack. And yeah. the it's an attack is is the it's a trap. Like, that's what it is. People yeah, people exactly. need to get over it. He's not <laughs> going to say it's a trap um, because yeah. that's just, like, it's too much. But, uh, but yeah, I did you notice that the Mon Calamari City, it, they, it looks like um, Mon Calamari cruisers just sort of tipped on their sides? Yeah, yes, they're kind of the I, same shape. I didn't even. Now that you said it, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was one of my favorite parts that I noticed that, and then they're just connected by tubes. I was yeah. like, oh, you can see the architecture and like the the Mon Calamari design. Yeah. Wow. Good point. I didn't, I didn't even. Now that you said that, yeah, it makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, weird. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and we're talking about Akbar and and Kyle had the. Uh, a good Facebook post, and we'll get to that later about uh, Akbar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but again, like I said, you know, here's Prince Lee Char. He he wants to show his people he can handle this job uh, of being the leader, the new leader. And uh, like I said, he's he's gonna he's gonna be forced here to grow up and and be a leader before he's maybe before he's ready. Yeah. But uh, but you know, we start off with this giant war now, um, and they talked about how they were going to uh, make it kind of episode three ish, where there's just a lot of stuff going on and, and they and they're starting to do that i mean it wasn't like episode three i mean it wasn't that crazy but there is definitely a lot of stuff going on and, and mm-hmm. just um props to uh everybody over there i mean it's uh every year this thing gets better and better um i'll continue led by captain akbar the mon calamari charge into battle to defend their home anakin padme and prince lee char take to a small group of soldiers and try to outflank the enemy but their path is cut off by falling debris, leaving them to wait for Republic reinforcements. Above the surface, Republic gunships fly low across the ocean. Kit Fisto and Ahsoka Tano deploy their specially outfitted clone troopers into the water, where they use mini submarines to dive deeper into the battle zone. The underwater fighting intensifies as the Republic troops bolster them on Calamari forces. Padme leaves Anakin to defend the prince while she tries to find Senator Tills amid the chaos of the battle. And here is Kit Fisto in his element. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is, For this sure. is where he shines, man. And we get Kit Fisto, man. This is your boy, man. This is your boy, Mike, right? Totally. Love yeah, Kit it's Fisto. 
And yeah, he shined he, in this. He really did shine in this episode. He did, right? yeah. Really good stuff. Um, good underwater stuff. He got the clones now uh, with their underwater um, kind of amphibian style of, of uh, look to them, which is cool. Uh, everything looked great underwater. So this thing's, yeah, like you said already, it's just everything's looking good, sounding good, mm-hmm. good story. Everything's good so far. Uh, a corn attacker twists Anakin's helmet loose. Uh, the Jedi struggles to hold his breath while defending himself against constant attacks from Corn and Aqua Droids. Ahsoka drives by her uh, by on her mini sub, retrieving Anakin's helmet and gunning down the last of his attackers. Anakin puts his mask back on and gasps for air, then tells his Padawan that he had everything under control. And you know what I loved about this too was, um, man, these some fights underwater. Some lightsaber battles underwater. Was that cool or what? I mean, you have to use mm-hmm. uh, these battles, you know, the combat. Uh, Anakin had to use kind of like his flippers and, and kind of maneuver as well as, as using his lightsaber. And I thought they really did a good job of, of showing how, how that would work. Because underwater, you just can't, you can't do it. You have to get momentum. I mean, I've done a lot of diving myself and, and uh, spent a lot of time in the water. And... The flipper thing just worked perfectly. I mean, he had to use his flippers and kind of spin around and, and to do a spin and, and cut things uh, and stuff like that. And I thought that was perfect. I love the way they do that. So excellent fighting underwater. Good job, Clone Wars team. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, elsewhere, Padme has located an injured Senator Tills and needs help escorting her to safety. Anakin orders Ahsoka to protect the prince while he goes to rescue the senators. Ahsoka finds Prince Lee Char and reaches him just in time to save him from Rift Tamsin. She gives the prince a ride aboard her submarine and dives into the network of transportation tubes. After Ahsoka deliberately crashes her sub into a group of aqua droids, Tamsin begins ramming into the tube to try to get at the prince. A group of Mon Calamari soldiers distract the Separatist commander, allowing Ahsoka and Lee Char to escape. And man, Rift Tamsin, he's doing some damage. I mean... Yeah, you know, he he's actually is uh, like a great white shark out there. I mean, he's up yeah. there chewing people up. I mean, that's basically what he's doing out there. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just biting and, and uh, you know chewing people up. I, mean, I don't think I've seen him use a a blaster or anything. No, I remember. No, he doesn't even bother. Yeah, he's just he's just a one man wrecking crew. Yeah, uh, tearing it up just like it almost reminded me of uh, oh, that shark blue deep blue sea or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> a little bit. Uh, Go ahead, Mike. You finish up this one. The Aqua Droids and Corrin pull back from the Mon Cala City, taking position in the nearby Coral. It appears the Republic has won the first round of combat, but Kit Fisto believes the Separatist enemy is amassing for another assault. They are returning to their ships. We seem to have won this round. We are lucky to have survived the first assault. They could have easily overrun us with their droids. The droids are taking a position in the coral, probably amassing for another assault. Why would they hide in the coral? So I'm wondering if that first attack was just a uh, kind of like just a just a feeler, you know, or because it, you know, they kind of attack and they kind of pull back, and then it sounds like yeah, that was just a. Kind of one of those, this is attack, take a couple of, uh, 
do as much damage as we can. We'll pull back, and then now we got a special surprise for the rest of the Republic, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be getting into some hydroid medusas. Is that right? Yeah. Did I get that right? Okay. Yeah, that's what they're called. Interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting name, um, but uh, we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, above the waves, Separatist landing ships uh, drop special payloads into the oceans. They are secret weapons delivered from the Carcadon homeworld. Cybernetic organisms called hydroid medusas. Senator Tills advises Prince Leechar to draw up terms for a corps and surrender. The prince does not believe the corn would give up so quickly. Anakin predicts that the real battle is about to begin. Uh, the immensely mechanical jellyfish arrive at the battle-scarred city. Prince Leechar marvels at their size. The Mon Calamari have no defense against such, a strange, such strange weapons. Kid Fistu rallies the clones and Mon Calamari troopers, and at Prince Lee Char's order, they begin their attack. The electrified hydroid medusas are merely the first wave. Behind them swim Rift Tamsin and his legion of aqua droids. Uh, the Mon Calamari are overwhelmed. Ahsoka asks Prince Lee Char to make a retreat. He wants to be brave and continue fighting, but he follows Captain Akbar's advice to live to fight another day. The prince leads the remaining Republic and Mon Cala troops to hide in deep caves. You know, I like this too. Uh, there's another instance here in a, in a couple of seconds here we'll get to where uh, this prince is learning these lessons as he goes. Mm-hmm. And um, these valuable lessons on, and Akbar's got, you know, he, even though he's only a captain now, I mean, he's, he's really knowledgeable in, and he's going to tell this kid, you know, this is how it goes sometimes. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to that in a second, I'll, and I'll expand on that just a little, in, a, in, a, in a few minutes here. Uh, the Separatists are victorious. Nosori and his quorn arrive late to the battle. Rift Tamsin is furious and threatens to kill Nosori if he ever disobeys a command again. Uh, Prince Lechar is saddened by the loss of the city and does not think himself worthy of leading his people. Captain Akbar encourages him, explaining that the prince may have learned a painful lesson in war, but a vital lesson nonetheless. Thanks to you, Padawan Tano, and to these brave soldiers. I wish I could have done more for my people. Maybe then we would have been spared all of this. The illusion that I could actually lead in my father's place. Your father would be proud of you. Proud? We lost. Today, you learn the hardest lesson a commander can learn. How to live to fight another day. And this is kind of what I'm talking about here, Mike. He's, you know, he's telling him, hey, listen, dude. You know, and he's, and he's hard on himself. You know, the prince is like, man, I just, I blew it. You know, no one's going to think I'm a good leader anymore and all this. Uh, but Akbar reminds him that, you know, this valuable lesson that, you know what? <clears throat> yeah. You have to know, as, as Kenny Rogers said, you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. Man, that's a serious old reference. Man, how old am I? Anyway, uh, you know, basically, you got, you got. Sometimes you, you got to lose the battle before you win the war. You know, um, it's some hard lessons, especially for a young kid. This young kid, uh, sometimes you got to pull back, regroup, and uh, kind of rethink things. Retreat, you know, even retreat sometimes, even though that might not be a good word for a young prince who's who's starting to learn to to lead uh, his army and his people. That you have to retreat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though it seems like he might be losing, you know, you gotta, you gotta start, you gotta think smart, and that's what Akbar is starting to teach him, and he's, he's kind of starting to get that, and he'll get that 
as we go on in the episode. Uh, that was the first, uh, that was Waterworld, though, and uh, we're going to get into the second part here. But um, Waterworld jumps off, at Waterworld, Water War. <laughs> Some great stuff, you know, they, we've all heard about um, how hard it is to do stuff underwater, but uh, just a, that was a solid episode. I enjoyed it. A lot of, a lot of battles, you know, this yeah. season is battle lines. And we got a lot of that. Not a lot of exposition or anything. Just, hey, come at us with some, some good stuff. So uh, you ready to kick it into the next? Yeah, Gungan Attack. Let's get into this one. Because there were, like, I enjoyed Water War. Um, but mm-hmm. Gungan Attack, in, in the middle of this, this three-story arc, is where this, this story really starts to shine starts for to me. Yeah. So, yeah, let's jump into it. All right. Riff Tamsin confers with the holographic form of Count Dooku, who demands an update on the Civil War on Mon Calamari. Tamsin admits that Prince Lee Char and the Jedi have escaped capture and are hiding in the caves. Dooku does not want Lee Char to become a symbol of hope for the Mon Calamari people. Dooku orders what, cap, uh, Dooku orders what captives Tamsin does not have. Let's see. Does have. Let me re- read this again. <laughs> Let's see. Corn. Let's go here. Corn chieftain Nusori is troubled by this command um, about what Duku orders about. Actually, I think at this part, Duku orders um, the the corn and stuff to, to send all these other people to the camps. Yeah, the all of camps. all of the prisoners are essentially. They he Duku says to process them. Process. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and this corn chieftain, he's a little troubled by this. Duku. This, uh, this, this is the same guy. That in the first episode says to Prince Lee Char, I was, you know, yes. I'm sorry to hear about your loss. Yeah. The, the corn people yeah. feel the loss because he was a good king. So this this character, the, the corn chieftain, is going to be, I think he's going to be the key to, uh, to defeating yeah. the separatists here. That was a good point. And I'm just going to bring that up because in the beginning they, they mentioned, you know, that this, this Nessori, he says that to to uh, the prince and you're like yeah. well that was kind of you know they they actually made a point to show that so maybe not all of the corn are as bad yeah. as yeah. as were led to believe uh from for most of this story yeah mm-hmm. uh dooku promises to send additional reinforcements to the planet and, and orders tamson to wait for the republic's next move and this is a great opening scene and, you know we just talked about mm-hmm. a couple things there um great opening to the part two here now Dooku, Tamsin, and the Corn leader. Okay, there's some great writing in here with with Dooku and 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 the um, the Corn leader. Uh, here's here's the thing about Dooku. He knows that the prince is. Um, I'm not gonna say you know if he gets martyred, it's gonna rally his people. But he knows about mm-hmm. how um, how the things work. You know, he like he like he says he knows. You're gonna give him. You're gonna give his people hope if we don't capture this guy as soon as we can. Yeah. And, you know, because he's just gonna to continue to inspire. He's gonna to continue to lead his people. We gotta get him. Um, and he's telling uh, Rift Tamsin this because Rift Tamsin doesn't really understand this yet. I mean, he's not that versed of a leader like Dooku is. Dooku knows all the ins and outs of all the politics of war and everything. And uh, he's like he's saying, he's, this kid's gonna be a symbol if we don't get him quick. So yeah. I, I really loved how they opened this thing up, and it was some great writing there. I love that. Uh, uh, go ahead, Mike. Next, Kit Fisto, Anakin Skywalker, and Captain Akbar report to the Jedi Council. They have been cut off from their troops and need additional support. 
The transmission disrupts before the Council can commit any reinforcements to Mon Calamari. Recognizing that they're on their own, Anakin advises swimming to the surface and leaving the planet to secure help. Prince Leechar worries about leaving his world behind, but agrees that this is the best course of action. That's funny too. That is, you know, he's kind of taking he's taking help from everybody. You know, mm-hmm. even Anakin's saying, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. I think we should go out. And then, he's, then the prince is like, yeah, let's do that. Let's go out. So <laughs> he's kind of getting a little help as he goes along, which is cool. On Coruscant, the Jedi Council recognizes that they do not have time to equip another clone fighting force for underwater combat. Master Yoda suggests, as an alternative, that they ask the amphibious Gungan Grand Army of Naboo to send their reinforcements to Mon Calamari. To help secure passage to the surface, Kit Fisto swims ahead and captures a one-man submarine from a Corrin patrol. Ahsoka uses the small vehicle to zoom upwards with Prince Lee Char and Senator Tills. Anakin, Padme, and Akbar use the second sub to follow while Kit frees a group of captured clones. Uh, again, you know, Kid Fisto in his element, he's, uh, yeah. you know, single-handedly, you know, taking, taking everything under control. He's got the, he's got these little subs that he gets for Anakin. So like I said, he's in his element. He's shining right now. This is, this is a great yeah. episode for him. Uh, the separatists allow the Republic fugitives to reach the surface. Rift Tamsin plans to demoralize them by letting them witness the explos- uh, explosive destruction of their frigate. The Republic ship erupts in a fiery blast, raining debris into the ocean. Recognizing their vulnerability in the open water, Anakin tells the group to cling to the sinking wreckage and let it carry them to the seafloor, where the group can hide from the corn uh, and the droids. Back so soon? Yeah, the ship had some problems. I can see that all around me. This is our only chance. We need to split up and hide the prince's whereabouts. Um, not sure that's the best strategy. I'm sure. Captain Akbar's words are my own. It will give us the best chances of surviving if we split up. As you wish. Ahsoka, you and the prince go with Kit and take the clones. I'll take the senators and Captain Akbar. Lay low. Our only hope is that Master Yoda can send help in time. No. Prince Lee Cha is our only hope. And again, you know, here's Akbar. He's he's uh, continues to give confidence to mm-hmm. the young prince, and and I thought that was that was really cool to see that. Again, great visuals uh, as a ship explodes. They actually show a camera shot of like that engine, kind of rotating and flipping and hitting the water and everything. I just thought they were kind of sh- trying to show off what they can do. Man, that was a really neat effect, uh, which which was was really neat to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, great scene. That great scene. Floating to the bottom of the uh, the ocean, man, just kind of clinging on to things. Yeah, smart move by Anakin there. Uh, go ahead, Mike. I just want to mention that. Uh, at Lee Char's order, the group splits up. Ahsoka, Lee Char, Fisto, and the clones will hide on the sea floor, while Anakin protects the senators and Captain Akbar. They must lay low and hope that Master Yoda can dispatch reinforcements in time. In Otogunga on Naboo, the Gungan representative. Ca- uh, council, here's Yoda's request for help. Boss uh, Lioni is hesitant, but Jar Jar Binks jumps at the opportunity. The Gungans are fiercely loyal to Senator Amadala and will come to her rescue. 
This is a great moment. This is oh yeah, probably my favorite moment from from the season premiere because uh, we get the Gungans being Gungans and and there it feels like they're always playing at being a society, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. like they're really just a bunch of dudes who live in the same <laughs> bubble. But I yeah. uh, but here we have have them going. You know, this Boss Nass kind of does the same thing, where they're always like, "Oh, well, you know, we we really we really need to discuss this and uh, and you know make a decision that way." Uh, but then you get Jar Jar. He stands up and he goes, "Uh, no, wait a second. Yeah, Padme wouldn't stop and think about this. She mm-hmm. would help us yeah. at all costs. We have to help her." And then. He's like, yeah, thinking time's over. We help him, <laughs> right? And it, and and they just go, and it's like that's that's the Gungans, you know? Is that yeah. like they they it they weren't gonna stop and think about it because they were afraid. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, people want to slag the Gungans all the time because Jar Jar is obnoxious and whatever. But uh, this is once again like yet another moment for Jar Jar to redeem himself, and then we just get to see the Gungans. Uh, how they're like representative of their society, which is that like they are keen to just not get involved if they don't have to, but they're not afraid to get involved if they're needed. So it's it's just I don't know. It's a really interesting look at their at their society and at the, at their culture and and Gungans as a whole instead of just Jar Jar. Because as we're gonna see. Like they—they're not afraid to fight, and they're—they're they're pretty good fighters too. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just—I loved—I loved the idea that that the Mon Calamari, who are considered like they're—they're they're some of the best underwater warriors that there are, and uh, and you know, but they're fighting the Quarren, who are also incredibly good underwater warriors and you've got these two sides against one another mm-hmm. and they're at a stalemate because they, they they both reside on the same planet and they you know they've evolved next to each other so you have to imagine that they're pretty matched so what are you going to do well you get you have to bring in this outside force and the clones try right but but like yoda says like we they've just equipped them right. with yeah. with this stuff like I'm sure that some of them are specialist underwater commandos and that sort of thing. But the majority of them are probably just like here, like they all get basic training and underwater stuff. And, you know, you got to dispatch that many clones. They weren't super effective. They get, did get defeated. And, and yeah, like they were tricked, but they got defeated. But we're going to see with the Gungans, like that's, it's not going to be as easy. Mm. So, yeah. And, and you just said Boss Nass. I wonder where Boss Nass was. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't have time to uh, to get him done. to to get him rendered. Rendered, but. yeah, yeah, interesting. But hey, you got Jar Jar, you got uh, Ahmed Best playing Jar Jar, which was great. Mm. Um, and it sounded like he was playing the other character too. It sounded really similar. I think he did too. I think he played actually both of those Gungans, uh, if I remember right, on the uh, looking at the StarWars.com website. So yeah, that's cool. I'm glad to see him back. You know, we had Liam Neeson back and. And to have Ahmed Bass, and now that it's been 10, 11 plus years, um, people are starting to come around and go, man, this guy was a fantastic talent. Um, and I know he was at that premiere um, at the uh, San Diego thing for this for this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounded like he got you know, some uh, a warm welcome there. So that was, that was neat to see and see him back in the Clone Wars. Um, let's see, Kit... Uh, Lee Char and Ahsoka lie low in the coral base with Clone Commander 
monk and one of his troops standing guard. They witnessed dozens of Mon Calamari prisoners, men, women, and children, shackled and herded toward an internment camp. Prince Li Char realizes that this will be the fate of the entire planet if he fails. Uh, again, you know, this is where the prince, he sees what's happening to his people. And I don't know if he's actually ever seen this before. I don't know if he's one of these kids that kind of was, uh, you know, the, the, the king's son. You know, he didn't really know what was going on. He just kind of was there. But now he's actually seeing what's happening to his people. Uh, and he decides, you know, I got to do something about this. Um, it kind of fires him up a little bit. So uh, go ahead, Mike. At the Moncala City, Anakin uses the Force to knock out the building housing the central planetary scanner, blinding the enemy to the approach of any reinforcements. Akbar covers Anakin as the Jedi collapses the structure's support beams and brings it crashing down. That was this was the moment where I noticed that that's just a Mon Calamari cruiser. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, just yeah. on its side. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Inside the captured Moncala control room, Tamsin loses patience once. The sensors go blind. He assumes a Republic counterattack is imminent and personally sets out to find Prince Lee Char and the Jedi. Uh, tired of, of hiding, Prince Lee Char sounds a call for war on a large conch. <laughs> That's a difficult word to read when you just like have it pop because <laughs> it, it just looks like conch. Uh, conch, hoping to inspire hope in his people. The imprisoned Mon Calo look to the prince in awe and begin fighting back against the Quarren guards. The Aquadroids open fire on the prince. A Republic cruiser comes out of hyperspace and soars toward Mon Calamari, opening its bay doors above the oceans. At Jar Jar Binks' command, the Gungan Grand Army charges, leaping into the seas. <laughs> From, like, four stories. It's <laughs> unbelievable. You're yeah. like, these guys They're are... Crazy badass like yeah. that's not a word that we use on this show very often because it <laughs> kind of crosses the line out of family friendly but you have to admit leaping four stories into the water yeah. from a spaceship is incredibly badass uh <laughs> swarms of gungan soldiers attack the separatists and use their boomers to short out the hydroid medusas the tide of the battle turns in the republic's favor emboldened by this development prince lee char picks up a weapon and joins the fight backed by Ahsoka Tano. They continue to free prisoners at the coral base. People of Moncala, all people of Moncala who would not be slaves, have hope. We will fight for you, Prince. You will not be prisoners much longer. Okay, I think the show is over. The guards will be coming. We have to go. We are ready. Gungans, the tide has turned in our favor. Let's free my people. Attack! Ah, oh, that was funny. You know, listening to that, you could just see that what you're just talking about, Mike. You see mm -hmm. all these Gungans just diving. Man, what a that was great. You know, they just have like they don't even care. You know, let's let's just go wreck shot, man. Let's do it, man. They jump out like they're a bunch of Marines or something and just dive yeah. right in. That was that was that was. Well, crazy. you know what? They're they they are an army and they are somewhat organized. But mm -hmm. what it comes down to is that you know they're not, you know, the Grand Army of the Republic, and they're not they're not um, this 
you know, regiment of, of really disciplined warriors and that sort of stuff. Yeah. They yeah. are just like, they're true warriors though. Like that's the thing is that it's not just that they're, they're bred for it. It's, it's, it's I uh, I don't know. It's just, it's cool to see amidst the clone wars, as much as we love clones and everything to see one of these, actually we're seeing three native, uh, uh, armies, battling in this and uh, and to just see them sort of like, that that it's different it's not the same as when when the clones fight a battle because when the clones fight a battle it's very like mm-hmm. there's orders and there's there's a lot of stuff going on that we can kind of relate to but with the gungans it's just like attack and then they just all attack <laughs> like it's not like they ran up in groups they all just went at it and then just yeah. like beat the snot out of everything that they could find right like that's just how they do so um yeah i i i I just really like that i like that that it's uh i don't know yeah they're they're not quite as disciplined but they are just as effective yeah they're not disciplined but but they can do some damage man they can definitely fight and again you know the prince he's rallying his people and i like that too you know he's saying hey I'm here. I'm not going to hide behind uh, whatever. I'm not going to hide behind my throne or anything and have you guys do all the fighting. Yeah. I'm, I'm selling the charge, man. I'm right here with you. I'm on the battle lines. Let's let's do this. And uh, that was kind of cool. I like to see that. Uh, Nosori contacts, uh, contacts Rift Tamsin with news that the Republic forces are winning. Tamsin dispatches Dooku's reinforcements, Trident submarine craft, in an all-out attack on the Coral Base. The Trident ships begin spinning, windmilling their massive tentacles. They churn up the ocean and create blinding whirlpools. Gungans, Quarren, droids, and Mon Calamari alike are tossed about in the vortex. Ahsoka orders Prince Lee Char to swim towards the center of the storm, where there is less turbulence. That was a great scene, too. I mean, you're talking about these, it looked like it was like an underwater tornado or something. That's mm-hmm. the best way to describe it. You know, and the Quarren leader, he's like, dude, let's get the heck out of here. We're losing. Well, yeah, and and you, know. you see, uh, you see, once this happens, that that the non-native, uh, <laughs> uh, like the the non-underwater, yeah, warriors yeah. are all kind of like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. the clones, yeah. Anakin, Padme, yeah. Ahsoka, they're all like, I can't deal with this. Like, this is too difficult. But yeah. no but you, there. but this is where we really get to see some of the others do their thing. So. Yeah, like Kid Fisto. Yeah. Yes, and, and Rift Tamsin. I mean, these guys are going yeah. to battle right now. They're doing some some serious fighting in here. Hand-to-hand combat as well. Um, Tamsin's able to knock a, a Kit's lightsaber out, and they're doing some hand-to-hand stuff. So, yeah. Uh, good stuff. Rift Tamsin emerges from the Trident ship and attacks the prince. Ahsoka tries to hold him off, but Tamsin is relentless. Kit Fisto engages the Separatist commander, buying time for Ahsoka and Lee Char to escape. After a vicious brawl with Tams and Fisto is overwhelmed by Separatist forces and taken prisoner. Anakin swims up to one of the spinning trident ships and uses his lightsaber to sever a tentacle. The trident spins out of control and crashes, ending the vortex. But Padme, Anakin, Padme, Jar Jar, and Senator Tills are surrounded by aqua droids and captured. Only Prince Lee Char and Ahsoka remain free. Lee Char is frightened, but nonetheless determined to unify his planet and repel the Separatist invaders. <laughs> Unsure of what to do next, he and Ahsoka retreat into the depths. 
Now you and I are the only ones left. I'm sorry, Lee Char. I know what I must do. I know my people need me. I just don't know how to win this war. Look, I know you're scared. But you can't let your fear control you. Aren't you scared? I used to be. All the time. Until I realized that if you make decisions out of fear, you're more likely to be wrong. I will unify Moncala again. I promise. We have to go. So this episode ends uh, ends right there. I mean, there's it's just those two. It's just Lee Char and Ahsoka, and everybody else is captured. So we're on a cliffhanger here. Kind of a cool way to end it, where the prince is still, like I said, he's still struggling with uh, what to do, and he's getting help from you know Akbar and Anakin and Ahsoka, and you know he's talking about you know it sounds like you know he's just like you know I'm kind of scared. I don't I don't know what to do, and yeah. uh, you know Ahsoka's got some some uh, some wisdom for him, basically telling him you know. You can't let uh, fear guide your decisions. Uh, sometimes that's going to make you, and you're getting stuff. This is like directly from the force here, you know. Fear mm-hmm. leads to, to anger and all this, and ultimately it's going to lead to something bad. So she's kind of giving him a little bit of a, a force kind of thing here with a, you know, don't let fear uh, make decisions for you. So that's cool. So that was a. Uh, that was the second episode. That's how this one-hour finale—not finale, but one-hour uh, intro season premiere ended on a little cliffhanger here so some great stuff though man you know like i said earlier kid fisto he shined in this episode we get to see him in his element he's he's doing mm-hmm. lightsaber stuff i love seeing what anakin did uh like i said earlier with the flippers and be able to fight underwater uh ahsoka's back <coughs> um, this new species you know get to see akbar man you get to see akbar. It, it's an it, it's an attack you know <laughs> i mean yeah just some good stuff man it was a it was a great way to open up did you think it was better than last season's opener? I don't know. I mean, it's close. No, I think, I think no. last year still might have took it. You too? It's not even close. Okay, it's not me. close like, to you. Okay, like, I got you. It's, you know what? Last season was one of the strongest. Like, those are some of the strongest episodes of the entire series. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that, that three-episode uh, span of, of the Rookie's story, mm-hmm. um, their, their prequel episode and then their sequel episode along with the original Rookie's episode, are three of the best episodes of this entire series. Mm-hmm. And the kind of thing that I point people towards and say, like, look, if you're on the fence about Clone Wars, watch this, because this is why this show is great. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, the battles on Kamino and... And uh, as much as they did in this episode with the underwater stuff, I did feel a little bit underwhelmed at it. it at times, it didn't really feel like they were underwater. It just felt like yeah. they were floating. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. So they could have just as easily been in zero G mm-hmm. if it weren't for the fact that there were bubbles every, every now and then. Right. Um, I didn't feel like I was underwater. Whereas with, with those Camino episodes, like you, you feel that water, like that those rolling waves and that rain in those, in those episodes, like that, that world is brought to life more so than it even was in the movies Mm -hmm. for me in those episodes. Uh, and, uh, and those characters are so incredibly rich and have so much depth to them Mm -hmm. that, uh, you just like, and, but you know what? We get three episodes to develop them over, 
over a long amount of time, right? Like right. over an extended yeah. period. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't get that. This, this is, this is like, we're seeing one character's development over the course of these three episodes in the, at the beginning of this season. But last season we got to see a couple of those characters go from the beginning of their career kind of towards the apex of their career mm-hmm. over, over those three episodes. So like, you can't really, really compare it. Um, it's it's probably on the same level as the season two premiere, um, and I would say that the weakest premiere of all of them was the the first season, um, mm-hmm. ambush being a great episode. Yeah, it was a great but, episode. Yeah. But then being followed up by the first episode of a three story arc, it, you know, like with uh, with rise of malevolence. Um, right. Yeah. It just like not as strong, right? But. But granted, it's not going to be as strong. They didn't quite know what they were doing yeah. yet. I think that with season Similar three, yeah. they really knew what a season premiere needed to be, and they and they really set a bar. And then with season two, they tried to or season four, they tried to meet it, but they didn't quite get there. Um, and and I mean, like I really feel like this next episode, this this final one, is going to be where this story. Uh, shines it's going to be uh all of the emotional content that we've put into the the last two episodes we're going to get fulfilled in uh in lee char's character so yeah um yeah definitely so i'm really looking forward to that i'm really looking forward to seeing how this ends uh and seeing seeing that that story come full circle for him and him like we know where it's going he's going to become the leader that that he needs to be and it's a it's a right. fairly simple story yeah but it's a fairly simple story well told so definitely yeah and I, I would agree too i think uh last season's opener was a little a uh, little stronger than this one still had a great time with this yeah still had a lot of fun Do- doesn't take did. away anything from this yeah. this season's opener because this season's opener is amazing yeah. right such a such a great way to kick off this season and hopefully we can keep this level of quality yeah keep this uh, keep this ball rolling this way uh, it's time for some uh, mail though you ready for the mail yeah let's jump into it wait a minute play back the entire message where are those transmissions you intercepted he is carrying a message from an everyone kenobi i was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message i saw part of the message you i seem to have found it all right so the mail today actually we got a a um audio email so aaron altimus uh he's a big contributor to the show um he's on the facebook he emails a lot um he actually sent us a 15 minute um kind of breakdown of all of season three and unfortunately you know due to time constraints and all that i had to shrink this thing down to a couple minutes but um i kind of just uh did like some highlights of what he thought of of each of the episodes last year uh for season three so let's uh take just a quick listen to uh this audio email from Aaron Altimus. Hey guys, um, um, season three started off with a bang. Clone cadets and arc troopers, some of the best episodes of the whole series. They feel really Star Wars and Clone Wars and just feel like they really belong. And supply lines, I, I like supply lines a lot. The Jedi General and his current um, captain is really, they're really awesome. The whole battle on um, Ryloth is just amazing. Anyway, I really enjoy supply lines. Um, it's not one of my favorites of the whole season. Going straight into Sphere of Influence. Boring. Poison Tea. Wow. 
exciting. Not really. <laughs> Going to the academy. Better than um, corruption, but still very boring. Ahsoka doesn't even have a lightsaber. You go right from the academy into assassin. Wow. The assassin. Really big letdown. Evil plans. Awful. I wish that they. I wish I could just forget that episode. Hunt for Zero. Better. One of the better episodes, but still creepy. Heroes on both sides. I like this episode because it has a really cool perspective from the Separatists. After that, Pursuit of Peace. Wow. Um, uh, Padman almost gets killed. The Mortis Trilogy, Overlords, Ultra Mortis, and Ghost of Mortis. Totally awesome, just because of the whole mystical and different. It's, it's so cool. I'll go into my absolute favorite, probably my favorite episodes of the whole series, the Citadel Trilogy. These felt so Star Wars. So what like Clone Wars should really be. Yeah. And, of course, the last, the season finale. Oh, Chewbacca coming. Awesome. Not. He's in one episode. Ahsoka <laughs> without a lightsaber, again. And a bunch of other Padawans without a lightsaber. That's basically all I have to say. Thanks for having me prepared. All right, that's from Aaron, man. He's a good kid. And, uh, I'm sorry we had to crunch that down. He actually had, like I said, 15 minutes, and he, he went into more depth of some of the things he liked and disliked. And um, I had to cut out a lot of that, but you kind of get the gist of what he felt of season three. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron, hey, thanks for sending that in. And for all you out there, hey, send something in. If you liked an episode, send us uh, an MP3, and we'll play it on the show. Um, the only thing I, I missed that I couldn't get in there was – he also talked about the um, uh, the Savage Press and the Night Sisters trilogy. He wasn't a big fan of Savage Press uh, when he basically got huge when he got the spell on him. He loved um, Savage as as he was uh, in the beginning, where he's just a mm-hmm. you know, yeah, smaller yeah. guy. So, um, but cool. Thanks, Aaron, for sending that in. It was some good stuff, man. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, definitely awesome. Uh, it's good to get in, uh, one of those MP3 emails. So uh, everybody else should uh, should follow Aaron's, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. His lead, yeah. His lead, yeah, and uh, and start sending in some audio emails. Uh, but let's try and keep it under five minutes. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. You know, you know we don't want these episodes to be too long. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, from that, we'll jump into, you know, Kyle Avery, we're talking about the Facebook. Facebook is our preferred method to communicate. If you are if you like the Clone Wars animated series and, and you listen to our show, um, we got the Facebook group now. So a lot of the stuff is going to be coming from Facebook. And Kyle Avery, he posted a, a poll on there. And Mike, we brought this up earlier. He mm-hmm. said in this poll, in the premiere, should Akbar have said his famous trap line? And for the most part, the poll was all no's. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about it already. But yeah, it's probably a good thing because you don't want to, you know, I don't know what the, the term is. But, you know, he said, what did he say? Uh, it's an attack. So it was almost, you yeah. know, it was the same inflection and everything like that. So it, I thought that was kind of like a cool little throwback because we all knew what, what was going on there. Uh, so that was kind of cool. What do you think? Yay or nay for the trap line? You think that's, they're going to do that? Probably not, huh? 
I yeah, I I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think we're gonna get it. If we did, you know, it, I think it would be in the last episode. But I just don't think that it's uh, it maybe if they could have worked it in, they may have they may have wanted to. Yeah. But there, I just don't think that there's a natural place in this story for it to happen. So yeah, well, they do a lot of that with you know some of the lines. You know, uh, I have a bad feeling about this. I mean, they're they do that all the time. Mm-hmm. This one this one is just so character specific that. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I think they would just be jumping the line just a little too much, you know, um, to do that again. So, but uh, yeah, like I said, you know, hit, hit the Facebook, hit, hit the group, and uh, we got some good conversation over there, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and do that so we can uh, share that on the show as well. Uh, anything else, Mike? Before we get to our upcoming episode description, that's it. That's it. Let's, uh, let's, let's check out the next episode. So we're going to be finishing up with uh, prisoners, and uh, the Republican Gungan forces have been captured by Riff Tamsin and his Karkadon enforcers. Now it's up to Ahsoka and a young prince, Li Char, to unite the fractured people of Moncala and drive out the Separatist invaders. Senate, two Jedi knights and a fumbling amphibian. I would have thought the prince would be easier to capture than the four of you. It must be part of our plan. I had the exact same thought. Don't touch me. Let go of her. <laughs> Rack him up. And there you go. That's I love it. Mean. It kills me every time I hear it. Hear and say that it yields very dangerous. It's uh, <laughs> it, for those of you who aren't Indiana Jones. Fans, Indiana Jones. Yeah. That's a. It's a. It's a line taken from the first one from Raiders of the Lost Ark, where Sala, Dates. played by Jonathan Rhys Davies, says, uh, "Snakes very da- or asps very Asp, dangerous." Yeah. So, yeah. so the the line is just like, and the delivery is perfect. It's awesome. <laughs> Such a great. You go great first. Throw. Yeah. 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 So that's what's going to be happening next week, man. You know, yeah, the prisoners now. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Young Chuchi and and the rest of the uh, Republic, and see how they can get out of this this mess that they've gotten themselves into. So uh, that's going to do it though this week, Mike. We we got through it, man. Good good premiere. Good stuff. Yeah, man. definitely. Looking definitely. To this Friday. Um, I'm looking forward to whenever my freaking Blu-rays show up, so, <laughs> so that we can talk yeah. about them. Yeah. But uh, keep checking but, yeah. that mail. Keep checking that mail, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's going to do We want to let everybody know about uh, the Facebook, though, right? Uh, hit the um, uh, the group section, right? Yeah, so uh, you can check us out on our website, CloneWarsPodcast.com. You can find links to stuff there. Um, and uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. It's Twitter.com slash CloneWars. Or you can just put in the username CloneWars in the search, and you'll, uh, and you'll find us CloneWars, all one word. Uh, you can head over to Facebook and join our, our uh, Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. And you can also join our group, which is uh, which has replaced the forums. 
and that's where we do our uh, our discussion. There's tons of good discussion going on there. It's uh, way more convenient than the forums because everybody's in there all the time. So mm-hmm. um, it's uh, everybody's on Facebook every day anyway. So yeah. um, so jump over there and get in on the discussion, and you can uh, you can have your posts heard on the show. And like we said before, get your mail in. Uh, you can mail us uh, Mike at CloneWarsPodcast.com or Matt at CloneWarsPodcast.com and, uh, and get your stuff right on the air. Sounds good. Do it. So, yeah, that's it for us this week. Uh, we yeah. will see you guys next week for the episode Prisoners, our 75th episode. So we'll be uh, we're we're twenty six yes. away from hundred, which is kind of crazy. Nice number seventy five. You know what? You know it kind of if you think about it, it's gonna sync up perfectly because I'm pretty sure that we'll be doing our episode one one hundred from Celebration Six in Florida. So oh, well, that'd be awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, maybe we can even do it as a, as a panel or something. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. See, we'll see. Video, so, video's coming at you. Yes, like tune for info on that, and uh, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all. And it will be with you always.